worship, Lord Fellers, Privy Councillors, Honoured Guests. <laughs> Please be up standing and charge your glasses. The toast is the television and wireless cleanliness campaign with which I should like to couple round the horn. The story so far. Talbot Spong wants to marry lovely Yeti Rosencrantz, but sweet, fun-loving Yeti, still afraid of the mysterious Dr. Sweeney Puke, tells him that Prinny Catamole, posing as an exploding cummerbund salesman... <laughs> has kidnapped Winston belly dancer Archbishop Levy and that Lord Obadiah Thin and Mavanwi Tulu's Lippincott are not his real father. Will Spong get his true love in the end? What is Puke's grisly secret? Whatever became of baby Jane? What kind of fool am I? Why am I always the bridesmaid, never the blushing bride? What is this thing called love? <laughs> and here is the man who will answer none of these questions in 30 minutes, starting from now. Kenneth Hall! That was Douglas Smith, who wishes it to be known he has no connection. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a line missing there. Oh, no, perhaps it's all right as it stands. Well, now for the answers to last week's questions. First, the what do the following initials stand for question, RSVP. Well, of course, that stands for Rita Snavely is very petite. <laughs> F.O. is Foreign Office. <laughs> B.O. is Box Office. <laughs> Needless to say, I received a letter from Mr. Gruntfuttock of Hoxton. <laughs> I refuse to open it. I know, of course, it is from the ubiquitous Gruntfuttock, because the envelope is rather bulky and the, something squashy inside that ticks, and the whole affair smells rather strongly of camphor and cheese spread. Anyhow... <laughs> Finally, the odd man out question. That was, of course, Danny LaRue. <laughs> All the others are obtainable on doctor's prescription. <laughs> except for the surgical goat cosy. <laughs> and I just threw that in to fool you, you see. <laughs> right, Smith. Hello, fans. Oh. <laughs> Here's Douglas Dolly Smith. <laughs> Younger than springtime, cool as a mountain stream, and fresh now is the moment when my pod went... Well, Smith, keep taking the tablets and announce the next item. Ladies and gentlemen, the Kenneth Horn Theatre of Suspense. There are many things we cannot explain. What is extrasensory perception? How does telepathy work? What was I doing behind a bush on Clapham Common? <laughs> with a pair of binoculars and a stocking over my face. These are just some of the things I cannot explain. But come with us on a journey into the supernatural, up the eerie passage of the inexplicable... Oh, get on with it, you. Stop hanging it out. <laughs> it's me, it's me they want to hear. It's me they're waiting Go on. That was Kenneth Williams. Something else we cannot explain. <laughs> but he's definitely one step beyond. <laughs> 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 
Come with us now. Are you afraid? <laughs> afraid to meet some of the creatures that lurk in the... <laughs> Twilight sanctum. My name is Sir Aubrey Maine Wilson. The scene of my story is London in the last years of the reign of Her Majesty Queen Victoria, better known as Anna Neagle. <laughs> but uh, that's another story. The narrative I'm about to relate I have called The Portrait of Florian Thrust. In a period known... In a period known for its decadence and dandyism, nobody was more dandified or decadent than the exquisite young Florian Thrust. That's me. <laughs> I play Florian, Florian with the, Thrust. With the physique of a young Greek god yeah. and a profile of classical perfection. It's typecasting, you see. <laughs> what I say is if you got it, you might as well show it. It's true, isn't it? It's true, isn't it, though? <laughs> May I continue? Well, go ahead, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Florian was the most sought-after man in London society. Yeah. It all started at... Uh, yeah, at... isn't there any more there about what I look like? Uh, no. Well, couldn't you make something up? Well. Go on, you could make a great play of my gilded youth and of my wasp waist, you see. My fine silky hair and my coral pink lobes. I'm noted for me lobes. Oh. I am. I've got medals for tap dancing. I have. You could tell them about that. And I've got a certificate for junior life-saving and framed testimonials. They're framed. Framed. Yeah, and I'm a Coco Cub. Coco Cub. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah. But you ought to get on with the plot. They don't want to hear about the plot. They want to hear about me. For the first time in this series, the writers have serviced me. I mean... <laughs> I've been serviced properly at last. They've dug into me background, you see. Right into the background. And they've unearthed me potential. They have. It's a breakthrough, duckies. It's a... I've broken through. A star is born. People. People who need... Oh, shut people. up! Shut up! Sorry, I spoke. As I was saying, it all started at the studio of the eminent pre-Raphaelite painter, Sir Edmund Byrne Mousehabit, who was, who was painting Florian's portrait. Ah, Florian, it's finished. Ah, best thing I've ever done. What do you think? You've caught the essential me. You've trapped my enigma on canvas. It conveys my... It... it no. It conveys my exquisite personality, my whole... The essence of my sublime good looks. Oh, it does my heart good to read that. <laughs> if only the portrait could age and I could stay eternally young. Oh, Florian, how little you know. When you've lived as long as I have, you'll realise that life is like a Christmas pudding. As a man ages, it is as if he were eating his way through the pudding. Sometimes you nibble the raisin. Sweet things in life. Sometimes you get a bit of holly stuck in your gum. Or flaming brandy sets fire to your eyebrows. Little upsets of life. But in the end, when the pudding of life is nearly gone and all you've got left is a little custard round your plate, then comes life's rewards. 
You still have your thruppenny bed. <laughs> Isn't that something to look forward to? Getting your hands on your thruppenny bed. <laughs> I want to stay as I am. A thing of beauty and a joy forever. Just a moment. What was that? What's wrong, Florian? You've gone quite white. Blanched, visibly. I don't know what it was. I had the most peculiar feeling. It was almost as if... No, no, that's silly. Oh, you can talk to me, Florian. You know I understand you. But it was almost as if my portrait came alive for a moment and said, I will grow old for you and you will remain eternally youthful. What can it mean? It means you've been at the metal polish again. In the following years, I saw Florian but rarely, and yet every salon in London was agog with gossip of his debaucheries. Three plates of cockles, a gamekeeper's daughter, and a bunch of bananas. And in full view of the Prince Consort. Incredible. In the royal enclosure at Ascot, with a feather on a stick and a mirror, and unseated the Queen's jockey. Fantastic. <laughs> Down Piccadilly in broad daylight and knocked a policeman's hat off with it. The goat survived, but the bishop will never be the same again. <laughs> unbelievable. Yes, incredible, fantastic and unbelievable though it seemed. It was all true, except that bit about the goat. But Florian was going downhill fast. As an old friend of the family, I decided to pay a call on his wife. The butler, old Bollweevil, opened the door to me. Oh, good evening, Sir Aubrey. May I take your coat? Yes, there you are. Uh, may I have your hat? Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. If you don't want them boots, they'll do me a treat and all. <laughs> I uh, entered the drawing room where a distraught Esmeralda Thrust was waiting for me. Thank heavens you've come. I'm beside myself with worry. It's Florian. He's gone to pot. Well, I'll, uh, I'll wait till he comes back, shall I? <laughs> These last 25 years, life has been hell. He treats me abominably. Every Friday night, he goes out at 8 o'clock. And do you know what time he comes in? No, when? Tuesday. <laughs> and, and he leaves things lying about the house. Well, what sort of things? Women. <laughs> There's one in the bathroom, two in the study, and one in the spare bedroom. Do you think... Do you think there's someone else? Well, I don't know. Have you peeped under the bed? <laughs> many times. Many, many well, times. Well, why don't you leave him? Oh, I can't. I can't. What about the stigma? Well, perhaps the court would give you custody of it. <laughs> don't understand. I love him. I love him. But he's changed. Ever since he's had that accursed portrait, he keeps it locked in the attic and he won't let anybody look at it. It's as if that portrait is exerting some evil power. What should I do? What should I do? Advise me how to act. Well, too late to worry about that, dear. 
just flail your arms about like you usually do. They should have given that part to Hugh, really. He was the Sir John Gingold of his day. Yes. Tell him what Sir Michael Redgrave said to you. Go on, tell him. What about stop bothering his daughter? <laughs> quite finished. Yes, don't mind us, Ducky. You carry on. All right, all right. Now, where are we? Oh, yes. Yes, says Miranda, I think the answer to your husband's strange behaviour lies in the attic. That portrait, I think we should see it. This is the attic. And there's the portrait. Good heavens, it's... Covered in brown paper. <laughs> Tearing off the paper, we looked upon the portrait of Florian Thrust, but no longer was it the portrait of the gay youth I had once known. Instead, it was that of a bent old man, wrinkled and evil, his face showing the signs of a misspent life and of the recent passage of a blue bottle. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. The portrait has changed, but Florian has remained the same. So, you have discovered my secret, but you won't live to tell. He lunged at me with a knife. Uh, I ducked, he tripped and plunged the knife through the canvas. And as he did, he emitted a cry of mortal agony. Ah! And he slumped lifeless on the floor. As he lay there, his face wrinkled, crumpled, and became, as the portrait, ugly and depraved. Yeah, they can't do this to me. I'm not ugly and depraved. <laughs> I'm as lovely as I was seven pages ago. Oh, <laughs> shut up, you're dead. I demand a rewrite. Give me back my youth. Take no notice, listeners. And now I'm still young and live. I'm a gilded youth. I'm gilded. You hear? Gilded. Oh, stop the music. Stop it. I haven't finished yet. It's a disgrace. I should complain to my agent. Whatever became a baby kid. Shut up! You're... And there the pathetic story ends. Not perhaps in the way Oscar Wilde would have written it. And so, if there are any wild lovers listening, I hope we haven't disturbed your concentration. Well, they say music soothes the savage breast. So if your breast is feeling savage, here are the Fraser Hayes Four to soothe it. The Fraser Hayes Four. Oh, woe is me, what goes with me? I hate this living I chose for me. Tired of eating misery. Should have never wrote and left that home cooking. Is cruel, I was a fool to roam. I climb this hill, I try this dale, and then I step on a rusty nail. Never even get no mail. I'm so far from all that goes with home cooking. Home cooking. I'm afraid I should have stayed at home. With a porch light, screen door, banner from Niagara Falls, green grass, lawnmower. Sweet home upon the wall at home cooking, home cooking. Why a pride is quite the life for me. A rolling. 
rolling stone don't get no moss it don't get nothing but double crust see the world that's applesauce nothing anywhere as fine as home cooking home cooking life is cruel i should have stayed at home when i go out the sun goes in the rain comes down and it soaks my skin jonah is my next of kin darn the luck i should have stayed with home cooking And now, trends. First, the world of fashion. With me in the studio are the trendy, pace-setting fashion designers Mary Quince and her husband, Alexander Strumpet Grebe. Anchor. Good evening. Be quiet, Alex. Yes, sir. Now, you have a great reputation for your great zest for new things. Yes. Yes, we are fun people, Alex and I. You see, we're both young, and it's fun to be young and invent fab with it gear for fun fab with it people like us. Uh, yes, uh, we do believe. Shut up, it. Alex. Uh, us in the <laughs> yes, dear. Uh, you do everything as a partnership, I believe. Oh yes, yes. I wouldn't do anything without Alex, and he wouldn't dare. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, he wouldn't want to do anything without me. Oh, it's such fun doing things together. We just simply share everything, don't we, Alex? Uh, well, yes. Alex, sit. Yes. <laughs> now behave yourself. You'll sleep in the wardrobe again tonight. <laughs> Oh, yes, indeed, everything, everything's a partnership with us. Alex brings out the tea in the morning. I drink it. He washes the car. I drive it. I also do things for him. I mean, I design the dresses. He wears them. <laughs> How do fresh fields and pastures new? And here is something you are likely to find in any field or pasture. If you don't look where you're going. <laughs> Rambling Sid Rumpo. Hello, me dearie sing, sing lacodai and roomy down daffy for green grows my corbangle. Yes, I should try steaming out on a low gas. <laughs> Tell me, uh, why are you wearing a kilt this week? I am entitled to wear it as I am a clansman. Oh. Yes, the McRumpos. We, we are descended from Robert the Bruce. Well, you look more like Brenda the Bruce, to me. But the reason I'm wearing it is because this week I'm going to sing some traditional Hebridean mouth music, which goes as follows. <laughs> 
There's a scrooper down me trussock And a wondering I must go Singing roodle-um-a-doodle-um-a-dee Oh, I'll nadger in me scrummit for me For me sparrin' swinging free With me lummocks all a-janglin' as I go with a scoodle on the doodle on the doodle on the dee I'd step I with me crummock in me boils Oh, a rumple and a crumple and a scorpit in me splee You've never smelled the tangle of the aisles goes his kilt swinging in the breeze. <laughs> All mouth music and no trousers. <laughs> Lang may his lum reek. That's one of the penalties of sleeping outdoors, I suppose. <laughs> now, the trend in the theatre is back to the 40s, what is getting to be known as the wasn't it fun when they were dropping bombs on us and we were all half-starving school of drama. Here's an excerpt from one of those war epics, The Hasty Nose. Starring Dame Celia Mulstrangler and aging juvenile Binky Huckerback. Captain's in there, miss. Second bed along, behind the screen. Don't stay too long, you'll tire him. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> Charles. You come, Fiona. I had to come. I knew you would. I knew you knew I would. Yes, I knew. I always knew. And yet, I was uncertain. Lip-bitingly, stomach-turningly, heart-flutteringly, eyebrow-raisingly, shoulder-shruggingly uncertain. But still, somehow, sure. <laughs> and you, Fiona? I was sure, too. Stiff upper lipidly, teeth grittedly, dog in the mangerly, utterly, utterly sure, and yet somehow uncertain. I know. I know you know. I know you know, I know. Yes, I know. You see, that, that's the wonderful thing about us. It's all unspoken. Uh, are they looking after you here, Charles? Yes. The swelling's gone down. My dear, does it, does it still hurt? Only when you poke it with your umbrella like that. Fiona, can you, can you take a shock? Try to be brave, Charles. Look. Ah! <laughs> Charles. Not a pretty sight, is it? <laughs> Fiona, I've asked them to remove it. No good to me. Uh, 
I want them to take it away. I'd rather not have it at all than have it like this. Oh, it's cold, Fiona. It's cold. Do you understand, Fiona? Do you understand? You understand. I understand, Charles. There's nothing worse than a cold, hot water bottle. <laughs> Nothing I enjoy on a Saturday afternoon when the wife's out shopping than a, more than a spot of wrestling on the television. The au pair's not too mad about it. <laughs> Says it gives her backache. However, in order to find out a little more about the wrestling game, I paid a visit last week to a gym in the West End where the top grapplers train. The sign on the door said... Boner promotion. Hello, anyone there? Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. Yes, yes. Or actually, or actually, um, to use our ring names, Man Mountain Jewel and Sky High Sand. But tell me, Storm, what brings you trolling in here? Well, I believe you're experts on wrestling, and uh, I wondered if you could fill me in. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, um, apart from wrestling ourselves, we are your uh, entrepreneurs. That's right, your French. Entrepreneurs, yes. Yes, Jewel and me, we've handled all the top grapplers at one time or other. Yes, haven't we? Oh, I mean, you take the Hooded Terror, he's one of ours, Mm -hmm. and the Iron Man, he's one too. Yes, and then there's... Oh, he is, yes. He's on the books, he's on the books. He's on the books, you see. Then there's the Borneo Maniac. Comes on as a gorilla. Mm. Oh, uh, she's too much. Huh? Yes, did you know? I thought everyone knew. Alice Makepeace, her name is. She used to wrestle in mud, and we made the mistake of signing her out before we scraped her off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was our eats red when it turned out to be a pologne? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Felt awful. Yeah, yeah. That uh, accounts for her wearing a gorilla skin. Well, that's not a skin, it's natural, that is. <laughs> but you do actually wrestle yourselves. Well, no, not actually no. ourselves, no. each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You might have seen us last Saturday on the telly. Yes, yes, I did. Did you? What do you think of our performance well, on the telly? I mean, you can be frank. Go yeah, on, be as on. brutal. Be brutal as you like. Go on, we, we can don't take mind. it. You think it lacked, don't you? You, you? you wasn't besotted, was you? Well, we didn't uh, come across, did we? No. You see, Jew, mm. what did I tell you? It's that television director. Well, He's got no idea. He couldn't shoot a cross buttock to save his life. <laughs> it's his camera angles. They're all to pot. Kept dollying in on me bad side. Bad side. <laughs> see, from the wrong angle, I look almost plain. No, you don't. I, you don't. <laughs> You stop running yourself down. (laughs) No, he's a fool. He's a fool to himself. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I've learned to face it. You've got to sell yourself. Go on. Me in a close-up, my knees is dead naff. (laughs) I mean, they're all wrinkled. You've got to admit it. I mean, I've tried everything. I've tried the creams, just trinket lotions. I've even had them lifted twice. He's had them lifted. (laughs) There's no doing nothing with these knees of mine. 
I think we could knees are so unbecoming in a wrestler, don't you? But, uh, but surely appearances aren't all that important. You oh. must be joking, Daphne. <laughs> Not important. That's what the women come to see, don't they? They come to have a vada at two. They come to vada two huge, great, brawny men battling it out. That's why I cover myself all over in oil. It enhances my physique. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't do it, though. Why? Well, you keep slipping out of me hammerlock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she never said. Yeah, well, they say uh, that a lot of wrestling is phony. Now, is that true? No, no. Last week, for instance, me and Jewel, and it's true, we had a real grudge fight. We did, didn't we? Yes. Both got our wilds up in the yeah. third. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he started it, hogging the close-ups like Maybe, that. Maybe, ducky, it's no excuse for what you did. That what? was really hard. It was bestial what he did, Mr. Orn. It was bestial <laughs> what he did. He grabbed me, he grabbed me, yeah. he grabbed me by the wrist, he pinned me down, and then he broke it. Your wrist? No, ducky, me fingernail. <laughs> well, so much for the manly art, and so much for our show as well, except for this week's Did You Know? Did you know that an extremely high-pitched whistle, although unheard by man, can be extremely irritating to dogs? Well, another good way to irritate them is to whack them with a carpet slipper. <laughs> Dwell on that, will you? Cheerio. See you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard The Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman, and the show is produced by John Simmons. <laughs>